Hammond, Indiana, kicking it into another gear. How slowing things down on the city's main drag is fueling new development in the heart of downtown. And a new leader taking over a catalyst for Indiana's life sciences sector. What's next for Bio Crossroads in this week's Business of Health? Plus, you keep your shoes on, your light outer jacket you can keep on, laptops, they can stay inside of the bag along with the liquids as well. Creating TSA PreCheck, not the only highlight on John Pistol's resume. His experience running TSA, working at the FBI and coming full circle back to lead his beloved Anderson University. Inside Indiana Business is next. No deeds to do. From Indiana's business news leader, this is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures and Indiana University. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Mary Rachel Redman in for Gary Dick this week. Well, we begin in Northwest Indiana, where one of the most populated cities in the region is in the middle of a generational transformation. It's unique to the degree that it went from so tremendously lively to so entirely dead. Fast forward to now, a complete overhaul taking place in downtown Hammond. The goal? To make it a go-to destination instead of another drive-through city in Lake County. Hammond leaders have been working for years with East Coast urban planner Jeff Speck's company on a plan that starts with redesigning its streets. Every single street here is wrong. <laughs> Every single street in our study area, there's something wrong with it. So urban planners started at Hammond's core, the main drag running through downtown, putting the brakes on cars whizzing along five lane Holman Avenue, replacing it with a two lane road to make it more pedestrian friendly. A $9 million investment designed to not only create new development, but also bring Hammond back to its heyday. New housing projects are on the books, including the $28 million renovation to turn the former Calumet Bank building into a new downtown apartment complex called The Bank. Two other housing developments also in the works, which city leaders hope will attract new retail and business to downtown. To find out more about the renaissance happening in Hammond, we're joined by longtime Mayor Tom McDermott. Mayor McDermott, glad to have you with us today. Once in a generation transformation happening in your city right now. Just talk us through with all these changes. Diana, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your show. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, anytime you're changing and redefining an area like we are with downtown Hammond, it doesn't come without a lot of pain. And for the businesses that have been trying to operate in a construction zone for the past two years, I feel for them. But I'm excited about the opportunity that's coming. I see a lot of excitement uh, and investment taking place in downtown, and I think that has a lot to do with what the state of Indiana has done by investing in the South Shore expansion that's going right through the heart of downtown. And, of course, Jeff Speck, the planner that's been helping us and guiding us along the way. You've got several housing projects going on in, in downtown and around Hammond. T talk about some of those projects. Yeah, the bank is really the, uh, the old bank, Calumet building. I've been mayor for 20 years. And for about the first five or six years, it was operating bank. And, and then the bank I met was sold and the building was abandoned. And it's been sitting there abandoned for the better part of a decade. And it's a it's a beautiful old building that was built. You know, it's almost 100 years old and it's completely getting retrofitted uh, by a development group out of Michigan City, uh, also with the help of the state of Indiana. And they're converting that using $28 million of private funds to help convert that into apartment buildings. And it's 
it's they're maintaining the character and the beauty of the building, which is the best part. So I, I love that using history to, to define your roots, but still with this all these new improvements. You know, how, how do you plan on attracting new folks to him and that maybe aren't familiar with with all of this new change? It, that is it's funny because when you talk to Hammond residents, it's hard for us to imagine downtown attracting Chicago residents. But with what's going on with all the investment taking place, along with the South Shore line that's coming right through the heart of downtown, younger people, professionals, they want to and not necessarily go to work anymore. As we all know, a lot of people are working from home and a lot of young people want to live close to a city, but not necessarily downtown with the downtown prices. And Hammond is the closest city to Chicago in the state of Indiana. We literally touch Chicago. And with this easy access with the Westlake expansion taking place, it's going to be realistic to think that we could get a lot of these young professionals from Chicago to relocate to Northwest Indiana. You know, and looking at Hammond 20 years ago versus today, what's the biggest difference? Well, Hammond in general or downtown Hammond? Both. Well, you know, I mean, a lot's changed. We used to have a lot more shopping and now we shop on our phones, um, you know, but the downtown Hammonds had constant problems with uh, too much traffic going through too fast and making it uncomfortable for people to walk. And over the years, it's just slowly deteriorated. Jeff Speck, you know, really helped us and guided us along the way. But so in my time, I've seen downtown Hammond basically you know, Jeff mentioned that he thought it was dying. I, I've seen it dying a slow death, and now I see a lot of investment taking place and its rebirth. But over the last 20 years, I've really seen the shopping go to the edges of Hammond, and it seems like the middle part of our city has been the harder part to develop. But this Westlake expansion is helping with that. Your pitch to folks looking for a new place to go in Indiana. Why should they, why should they choose Hammond? Um, we're the closest city in Indiana, and a lot of times, uh, a lot of our investors, they still want to be close to Chicago, but not in Illinois because of the tax advantages that we offer. Hammond is right on the doorstep to Chicago and we are succeeding. Uh, and I and I appreciate state of Indiana for leading the way with a low tax environment. And for cities like Hammond right on the border, it's been a boom. And we're getting new residents and new businesses constantly and they're coming from Illinois. So we just got to tout all the great advantages that Indiana offers. And, you know, they're coming right through, believe me. And it's not just stopping at Hammond. Hammond Mayor Tom McDermott, thank you for sharing the transformation that's going on in your city. Best of luck to you in the city of Hammond. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Bio Crossroads has a new leader on board. We'll introduce you to the native Hoosier coming up on the Business of Health. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community, PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank, all rights reserved. A new leader is taking the reins at the state's life sciences initiative. BioCrossroads says the nationwide search for a new president and CEO led them to a native Hoosier. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta joins us from the BioCrossroads headquarters at 16 Tech. 
Thanks, Mary Rachel. Vince Wong will soon be the new president and CEO here at BioCrossroads. He's a Notre Dame and IU grad and an alumni of Roche Diagnostics right here in Indianapolis, where he worked for 18 years. He most recently led a startup, and BioCrossroads believes that varied experience from startup to global corporation will help him build business here in his home state. Indiana already ranks third in the U.S. in life sciences exports, but Hoosier leaders say the state can grow its life sciences muscle. And leading the charge is BioCrossroads, the state's life sciences initiative, now under new leadership. Having BioCrossroads serve as that, you know, at the risk of overusing a sports metaphor, but as a, you know, as a point guard of a, of a basketball team, um, you know, really helping optimize the team. And the game plan is set. BioCrossroads recently issued a roadmap with 10-year goals, including moving Indiana from number two to the number one spot in the U.S. for manufacturing pharmaceuticals and moving from the top 10 to top five in medical device manufacturing. We have very tight labor markets right now. And so how do you get people to you know, fill the jobs and, and needs that, that large companies have. Wong is taking over as BioCrossroads prepares to take on that challenge. Plans are underway for a new program focused on growing the life sciences workforce. Small companies and startups have their own hurdles that Wong knows well coming from a startup. The capital markets are, are quite challenging. Um, the last two years have been a really challenging environment to raise the critical funding to enable a startup to grow and thrive. But Wong says Indiana has the benefit of a life sciences legacy that many states do not, and a game plan to grow it. There's really no more rewarding thing than bringing something from the lab to patients. And I want BioCrossroads to really play an enabling role to catalyze Hoosier's ability to do that and make a lasting impact on human health. And BioCrossroads is based here at the 16 Tech Innovation District, and Wong is taking over during a major growth period. Two new buildings are planned here, one of them lab space for growing companies. Mary Rachel, back to you. Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 Realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. Well, the Owen Valley Fire Territory, one of more than 100 Indiana rural and volunteer fire departments getting a boost from the state. The Indiana Department awarding nearly a half million dollars for training and equipment. Owen Valley using their share for water handling. And a positive sign for Indiana's growth in cybersecurity. National security company Paraton planning to expand its research efforts in West Lafayette. Paraton has deep expertise in cyber defense and critical infrastructure protection. The company is based out of Virginia. Ahead, the next time you buzz through TSA's pre-check security system to catch a flight, you can thank the president of Anderson University. We'll explain when we come back. Time now for our Eye on Education, brought to you by PNC Bank. Well, a big year for Indiana University in terms of research. IU secured more than $700 million in research awards in 2023. That's $42 million more than the previous year. IU primarily used the money to study health initiatives and drug treatment programs. IU planning to build two new research institutes at its Indianapolis campus. 
Vincennes University helping to prepare students for the fourth industrial revolution by sending a fleet of collaborative robots, also called cobots, to eight early college career centers around the state. The university said that cobots will train students for manufacturing technology and workforce demands. Our next Business and Beyond podcast has an Indiana education component mixed with the events and security fallout from 9-11. Before Gary left from his time off this week, he sat down with John Pistol, current president of Anderson University and a key figure in keeping the United States safe after 9-11. Here's Pistol's journey now from humble beginnings growing up in Anderson to playing a major role in cybersecurity and how we travel today. My life has been bookended by Anderson University. My dad was a professor here when I was growing up. Uh, we lived a block and a half from campus and came to school here as a student. John Pistol's love for and loyalty to Anderson, Indiana, and the small private liberal arts university there have had a profound impact on him and may have saved his life. Missing my senior year of high school, which was supposed to be the pinnacle of being on the number one ranked basketball team in the state of Indiana. Pistol, a talented athlete with a bit of a rebellious streak as a teenager, lost out on that last year of high school after breaking his neck in a car accident. He did make a full recovery, though, graduated from Anderson University, earned a law degree, but eventually decided his calling was public service. First stop, the FBI. For some people, this is going to be a lifestyle change for them. Many have not been in a situation where they've had to carry a weapon. Pistol had the chops to get through the FBI's rigorous classroom and physical fitness training. But the firearms component, well, that was another story. One of the interesting things that they, they found about me is even though my last name is Pistol, <laughs> I'd never fired a gun before getting to the FBI Academy. And they what I found out is they actually like that because they don't people don't have bad habits. Pistol would go on to spend more than 25 years at the FBI. Then the entire world changed. What are those people going to do? Pistol became a key figure in U.S. counterintelligence and security operations after the attacks. President Barack Obama eventually asking him to run the TSA in 2010. And I thought to myself, because I'd been testifying a number of times in my FBI role, I thought, well, now there's a thankless job. What moron would want to do that? Pistol wound up taking the TSA top job, testifying numerous times on Capitol Hill to explain the new way of making sure passengers were safe before they boarded an airplane. We're continuing to deploy advanced imaging technology at more airports. But Pistol also saw a need to change that strict boarding process to get on a plane. You can thank him for creating TSA PreCheck. whole approach was one size fits all, that anybody could be a terrorist, and so we had to treat them as such. Can't we ask people to volunteer information about them, themselves and create a trusted travel program? So for, for your listeners who like TSA PreCheck who go through that, I'll take full credit with a great team. After four and a half years running TSA, Pistol decided it was time to return to his roots in Indiana took on a new role in 2015 as president of his alma mater, Anderson University, where one of his missions has been, what else? Setting up a cybersecurity program. And so our students are getting good practical experience. The businesses and the government agencies and not-for-profits are getting a service um, at a reduced cost. Full circle, real-life transformation. 
John Pistol, paying it forward, helping to lead the next generation of leaders in cybersecurity and beyond at Anderson University. We give students the opportunity to learn about and then to lead real life transformed to go way beyond anything they may have imagined or dreamed about, and we will walk with you whatever that journey may be. Wow, an incredible story. Look for more with John Pistol on the next edition of the Business and Beyond podcast starting Monday. Next, the end of an era for the city of Indianapolis and the state of Indiana. We go one-on-one -on -one with Pacers longtime executive Rick Hewson to find out what's next after retirement. Serial tech entrepreneur John Wexler, CEO and founder of Spokenote, the keynote speaker for the IBJ's next Power Breakfast series, the Focus Technology. Check your screen here for more information. The implosion of Market Square Arena, one of many historic moments in downtown Indianapolis. Rick Fusen had a front row seat too. Now the longtime Indiana Pacers executive is taking a new direction. Rick Fusen has been a part of the Indianapolis fabric for 40 years. He's stepping down as CEO of Pacers Sports and Entertainment in June, retiring, handing over his duties to longtime Pacers executive Mel Raines. Rick recently shared with Gary some of his favorite and memorable moments during his time with the Pacers. Everybody in their career it comes to a point where it's time for them to step aside and let the next generation come up and get new ideas with fresh faces. And You know, in my career, I started in 1984, did the All-Star Game in 1985, and here I got the All-Star Game in 2024. So what better time than to stop after a bookend career? This is the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana, the Mammoth Stadium. The exterior. From that first big event, the 1985 NBA All-Star Game at the Hoosier Dome. What you are going to witness today is Hoosier hysteria, the great love affair with the game of basketball here in the state of Indiana. Rick Fusen has had a 40-year front row seat for the evolution of a professional sports franchise and a city. And he has been a primetime player in both. He was there for the goodbye to Market Square Arena. And then to build and open a world-class field house, which recently christened the second largest renovation in NBA history. Here we go. One, two, three. And the opening of neighboring Bicentennial Plaza. Harper's on Miller. McKee gets it in the middle for the win. On the court, there were many highs and lows the highs taking pole position for this native Hoosier. To see, um, you know, the days of Reggie Miller and to see him give everything that he had. The Rookie of the Year Award to Indiana's own, Tamika Ketching. And to see Tamika Ketchings be part of, uh, of the women's, the rise in women's basketball and to see her give everything. I mean, th those are two people who are part of my life uh, who played their whole careers here. And those, if those aren't outstanding moments, uh, then there aren't any. Fusen's career will also be defined by his tireless commitment to the city. The son of legendary Indianapolis News sports writer Wayne Fusen, civic pride and giving back came naturally. And I think it comes a little bit from my mom and dad and, and the fact that Indianapolis was so important to my family. 
but also, uh, I mean, Herb Simon and Jim Morris and Larry Conrad and all the folks that I've had the opportunity to work for and with over the years, that's what they teach. And it's just not about living in a city, uh, it's about participating in a city. From the Pan American Games, to Final Fours, to the Super Bowl, if it was a big time event, Rick Fusen took a leadership role, helping build a sports capital and changing the narrative about his hometown. We have come from where, where people thought in 1968 that we were a, a cornfield with a racetrack around it to today where we're an international city. I mean, Indianapolis is the core of our state, but it's grown and grown and grown. We had one hotel, you know, we had about two or three restaurants, maybe the King Cole. You know, and, and, and now look at the, the All-Star game coming here and we've got 7,000 or 8,000 rooms downtown where everybody's staying downtown. You know, it's, it's, you know our forefathers um, were very smart people uh, because they've allowed today for this, th this city uh, to be as tight as it is, to have the facilities where they are, um, and um, they were really forward thinking and I'm glad I was a part of that. As for legacy? If on my tombstone, uh, somebody put on there that he, he didn't quit, uh, he gave his all, he was a tireless worker, he cared about his city, his state, and his company. He loved the days growing up and living in the best city in the country. What a career. Well, we wish Rick the best of luck after 40 years with the Pacers. That's all the time we have for this edition of Inside Indiana Business. Thanks for joining us. We end this week with images and video shot by Inside Indiana Business Chief Photographer Clint Ehrbacher. That's a, it's beginning to look like NBA All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television Podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.